0: Like this planet is next in line. They travel from world to world, making everyone stupid. Oh my God! They're
1: like flying televisions!
0: This is the Rogue Planet Podcast, taking you straight into the future. Uh, sorta. So, what if I love a robot? It's not hurting anybody.
1: Listen, you internet! Listening? With your hosts, Jason McClellan and Caleb Hanks.
0: Hello friends and welcome to the Rogue Planet Podcast. I'm Jason McClellan and today it's just me and the good old Maureen Ellsbury. Hey Maureen, how's it going?
1: It's going good and you know, we're all, all anyone should need. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right, we are self-sufficient. We've got the party going here. Yeah, Mr. Caleb Hanks is uh, occupied tonight doing the the Gray Lane Report with his brother, Micah Hanks, and our our buddy Ryan Sprague was going to join us on the show, but he has other obligations now that he's a a big-shot writer for television shows. (laughs) Too big for us. That's all right. We've got a lot of catch-up on because we haven't done a podcast in a very long time. You and I have been incredibly busy. I've been in the middle of a move, and I'm sort of still in the middle of a move. And I don't know when I'll be done. Being in the middle of a move, I I'm homeless at the moment. I moved to Boise with my wife, and uh, we're living in a, an extended living place, which is basically I was going to say a glorified motel, but it's there's nothing glorified about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of just a regular motel, but uh, people they let people stay here for longer periods of time for discounted rates. So and. Uh,
1: uh- They're going to kick you guys out soon. Oh, they'll probably
0: kick (laughs) us out. Uh, But fortunately, the dogs have been on good behavior. But they they do have two different sizes of rooms here. They have like a larger room that has kind of a loft situation and just a little more space. But we decided to get the smaller room because it makes it easier for us to keep an eye on our dogs. Our, Our poor old dogs aren't used to being crammed up in a room all day long. They're used to having a dog door and the ability to go out whenever they want. But uh, it's not the case here. They're dependent on me, and I'm inside working all day. and So I have them on the bed all day long. And when I see them start to wiggle around, I know it's time to take them out. But uh, for the most part, they've been, they've been good old men. They haven't done uh, too much barking or anything else that'll get us thrown out yet.
1: That is surprising because you have the naughtiest dogs on the planet.
0: They are the absolute naughtiest slash Perfect dogs ever. So Yeah, that's what's what I've got to deal with. So we'll we'll eventually find ourselves in a in a house when we find a house here and that'll make everything so much better. But hey, we're we're loving Boise so far. This is a great, great city. I'm liking it a lot more than I thought I would like it. It is filled with amazing restaurants and breweries and distilleries and wineries. So we're slowly making our way nice. through those, but it's a little difficult trying to explore all of those with the dogs right now because we can't leave them alone in our little motel um, because they would just bark and get us thrown out. So we have to take them everywhere with us. So we've been uh, doing a lot of walks and parks. There are tons of parks here along the Boise River, and we're seeing all sorts of wildlife in the middle of the city in these parks, which is really cool. But uh, we have to, when we go out to, to any of these bars or anything, we've got to make sure they are places that have patios that are dog-friendly. And everything here is dog-friendly, but uh, it limits the places we can go to, limits limits us to places that have patios. So we go to the few places that have the patios, and we have the dogs on our laps with us at these patios. So we've only made it to a, to a couple uh, of great places here, but we're making our rounds, and uh, yeah, you've really got to come check it out, Maureen. There's lots of good drinking holes here.
1: Oh, good, good! My favorite
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it 's wine country, and we haven 't had a chance to make it yeah. up to any of the wineries yet, but uh, that 'll be something fun you 'll enjoy when you eventually get out here. But uh, what have you been up to? I know you recently escaped to beautiful san diego i 'm jealous
1: i I did. I just got back at like one a m and uh, I was able to you know spend some time on the beach, and I actually went to um the horse races, but you know, the, the betting wasn't so good on that. I've never been to horse races before. But in between the horse races were wiener dog races. Oh, that's and so those, much
0: better than horse racing.
1: Exactly. We couldn't bet on them, so we bet each other drinks. <laughs> so that was a blast. And um I got it, Jason, I just got home so from you know, this trip and I'm just opened my mail while I'm sitting here and I, I got I have to share this with you. So I got a letter from my grandma, which doesn't happen very often. She's 92. Okay. And it says, Dear Maureen, the enclosed article should interest you. It's quite entertaining. Over on this side of the peninsula lives a woman who says she not only saw a yeti, but that he comes in her yard and that she puts out food for him. She has now built a (laughs) statue of him in her yard. Love, Grandma. (laughs) And then the enclosed letter the uh, subject is elusive proof of Sasquatch sought in the Snohomish area. Believer's vet latest series of Bigfoot sighting. So that's in, that's in Washington. Um, so lovely. I haven't got a chance to read the article yet, but I think that's kind of funny because you d- indeed posted a Bigfoot uh, article the other day and posted that there you thought there was no such thing as Yeti. But that is, that is awesome. Thank things. you,
0: Grandma. That is so cool that she would say something right? like that. Wow, it's that's adorable. so cool. I love that. Yes, super cute. Um, yeah, I did, <laughs> did post something uh, earlier. I guess it was last week um, on uh, Tech Times in their tea lounge section about these uh, Yeti footprint photos that are up for auction right now in an online auction uh, held by Christie's. And these are like... Really famous photos if you're into the whole Yeti thing. Um, these are photos taken in 1951 by a British Explorer, and they're thought to be like some of the best evidence to support the existence of Yeti. Um, these are th- thir- the, the photos show 13 inch footprints, and skeptics say the guy like made them mm. him himself and whatever. But uh, yeah, these photos are up for auction for the old Yeti, and yeah, I. I Jokingly stated that uh, Yeti does not exist. Everybody knows that. Bigfoot does, however. And uh, uh, that, that's funny because I also did another uh, story about Bigfoot today on Tech Times about uh, two people who support the, uh, the idea that Bigfoot plays at this abandoned playground in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Uh, one guy mm. was a paranormal investigator – And he was out at this playground looking for evidence of of ghosts because apparently this this old playground – it's really creepy too. It's like in the middle of the woods and it's all overgrown, but there's like a merry-go-round there and monkey bars and a slide. It's really creepy looking. And uh, the local newspaper there, the Clarion Ledger, went out and did, like, a video thing with him showing, uh, showing them the area and everything. And it's really creepy. But this guy was out there trying to get some EVPs and stuff, doing a, basically a ghost hunt there. And he saw um, – he didn't specifically say Bigfoot, but he said some unknown creature, like, jumped up and shot off through the woods. And, uh, so he kind of alluded to the fact that he thinks Bigfoot is there. And then another guy who was there, um, uh, recently he was working on an air conditioner, I guess, at a building nearby this playground in, in the same vicinity. And, uh, the guy found a mysterious footprint and he took a, took a, like a casting of it and, uh, found mysterious hair with the footprint and what he alleges are indications that the footprint had uh, the equivalent of fingerprints, which uh, a black bear or something else wouldn't have. So these two witnesses allege that there's something mysterious. They don't quite say Bigfoot, but they say it was definitely intelligent in the area hmm. of this abandoned playground. So yeah, in the last week, I've, I've written about both Yeti and Bigfoot, and I think that's a huge accomplishment.
1: Oh, yes. In- intriguing. <laughs> I-, I liked how uh, I made a comment when you posted the Yeti story about the documentary. <laughs> uh, I-, I take that back. Not documentary. I used the phrase documentary <laughs> for <a> point of <laughs> the Yeti on Sci-Fi Channel. And a lot of people liked my comment about, Are you kidding me? Is the Sci-Fi documentary on the Yeti not real? And, you know, the sad thing is, is I bet you... Ninety percent of those people probably thought I was being serious.
0: <laughs> right, you are right, my friend.
1: Oh, um, man, there's sad. so many
0: people. Even with uh, what was it, Nat Geo that did the uh, the mermaid thing, and people oh, think yeah. that's
1: real. I keep having to tell people that that's not real, and they and I they think you're full of it. That they lot. do.
0: They don't believe you when you tell them that.
1: No, they decided I know it's, it's
0: absolutely real.
1: You know, um, so speaking of, I've got some some sad news. Yeah, um, and. I don't know how many people knew this was happening, but uh, it was announced today by the Roscosmos that their space sex geckos did not survive the 1.5-month trip into space. I
0: saw that. I, and a little moment of silence. Those assholes, yes, silence. Poor geckos. I'm, I'm so against sending animals into space. <laughs> Give me a break. I
1: know. These it's, poor, it's, it's poor animals. Yes. I know. And eventually nope, but, they'll but,
0: they'll be able to three D print animals in space. They can do that. Because they're the first three D printer in space is on its way, apparently. I'm not sure when that's scheduled yeah, to well. arrive, but the three D printer is on its way.
1: But the thing is too, that's interesting, is so these geckos did not survive and, and I happened to mention this to a friend today and he had the brilliant thing of dem geckos can't uh, hack the mile high club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, that that these group of flies were kept alive, right? So the flies made it, but the geckos didn't. That's um, right.
0: And you know why? Yeah. Because nobody wants flies, and everybody wants geckos. So just the I way know. the way things work, they got to screw us. Whoever's in charge is screwing us. Sure, the flies can exist, but not the geckos. Pfft, stupid flies.
1: It's a bummer. But so, so you speaking know, about had...
0: Bigfoot, did you see the trailer? for this movie coming out from the Blair Witch Project director. It's called Exist. Now, this I did. looks great for anybody who likes, <laughs> like, crappy movies. <laughs> I'm already calling it crappy, but crappy uh, being an endearing term in this case. Like, crappy like Sharknado, okay? Um, if you don't like Sharknado, then you're not going to like this because it's not your kind of movie. But Blair Witch, you know, I, I, I won't say that I, I enjoyed, well, Maybe I did enjoy it. But I did not love Blair Witch. Blair Witch is a horrible movie and it made me nauseous. But I still like the concept of it. And this new movie exists. um, The way it's described and the way I described it is basically Blair Witch meets Bigfoot. So you've got like a group of... Horny campers going out and doing their thing in the woods, like any horror movie, you know that's going to end bad. You can't, you can't get frisky in the woods because you're only asking for it, and that's what happens in this case. Hmm. So that's it's, what's it's, said. It's a, it's a found footage movie, so these people are, you know, recording their camping trip and everything. So it's like Blair Witch. Um, they're, they're recording the footage, but the, uh, the the witch in this case, the Blair Witch in this case, happens to be Bigfoot. So if that sounds awesome to you, which it sounds awesome to me, you'll like Exist. At least I hope.
1: Uh, I I'm going to disagree with you. I don't <laughs> think that it's similar to Sharknado in the least. No,
0: no, it, it's, uh, it's 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 not. But uh, y- y- you'll understand what I'm saying. It's yeah. it's a cheesy premise.
1: Well, I fi- I finally saw that alien abduction movie that we interviewed, talked to the guys from Found Footage, other Found Footage uh-huh. movie.
0: Yeah, how and. Was
1: that? Um, well, you know, I mean, it's a typical found footage movie, but I was actually surprised it was a little more uh aggressively I'm not going to say scary, but I mean, I I was surprised at the quality of the movie. I'm uh it's hard to explain, I guess. But I think that this is going to be very very similar idea to that where it's they're in the woods, they're running around, there's a mysterious cabin. They're in the cabin they're hiding from aliens, you know, instead hiding from Sasquatch. Uh, it's going to be the the typical found footage, but
0: I yeah, am not opposed to the found footage genre. If it's done right. I mean, it can be done so badly, but, uh, some people can do it right. And Hey, this guy, the director of the Blair Witch project has a history with it and he's done other things since Blair Witch, but uh, you know, that's kind of his specialty, this found footage thing in the horror genre. And, uh, I don't know. I think he can pull it off, and I'm a big Bigfoot fan, so
1: (laughs) putting those two
0: together, I'll definitely watch it.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of other good stuff coming out, too, and uh, lots of news about
0: everything. You know, Maureen, you were just in uh, in San Diego, and I haven't talked about this yet on the podcast, but I was also in San Diego back just in uh, July, I think, at San Diego Comic-Con, and That was actually my first time going inside San Diego Comic-Con. I've been there several times um, in the city during San Diego Comic-Con, but never actually going inside. And most of the time, that's all you really need to do because... Mm -hmm. does take over the entire city. I mean, you can just walk down the street and get all the free stuff, see the different um, displays and stuff set up for whatever show is being promoted at the time. So that's that's most of the fun right there, just walking around. But I actually had a press pass this year and went inside San Diego Comic Con. And uh, man, that thing is a beast. But it was a lot of fun. And uh, I guess one of the The funnest things I did there was uh, I went to a a panel done by the Science Channel to promote their show, The Unexplained Files. And that was super cool for me, um, mainly because Linda Blair was there from The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. That was super cool seeing Linda Blair. And our buddy Chuck Zukowski there, Mr. Paranormal Investigator. And Chuck is so funny. He came up to me before the panel and handed me like his giant backpack. He had he like brought all sorts of props with him like cameras and flashlights <laughs> and yeah, he's always got his gear with him. But then he gave me his camera and made me take pictures of him when he was on the panel. But uh it was good to see Chuck, but Linda Blair was awesome. So that was really cool seeing that they were promoting the unexplained files. It's a good show. Um, yeah, that, that was uh, one of the fun, fun things I did there. And then our buddy Aaron Sagers was also there and he was running around back and forth doing different panels and and things that he does at conventions around the country. Um, but I got to chat with him for, for a brief moment. So that was good.
1: Yeah. I know he just, uh, hosted 8 billion panels at uh dragon con here in Atlanta this weekend. And right. uh, as well as our, our buddy Garrett Wong was there uh on a ton of panels as well. Um yeah. very sad we weren't able to make it out to that one. Yep. Bummed um, about
0: that. We'll definitely have to do Dragon Con next year. But speaking sure. of Garrett Wong, we did hit up the Star Trek Las Vegas. Um was that that was the beginning of August, right?
1: Uh yes, it was. So the beginning of yeah, about a month ago. And um, that was awesome. It was my first Star Trek convention. And obviously, this is the biggest uh, yearly Star Trek convention there is. And it was pretty intense. I mean, there was a lot of good cosplay and photo ops and things like that. And we uh, mostly spent time just at Garrett's booth uh, helping him out. But we did get to see uh, quite the interesting perspective, I guess you could say, being... Behind the scenes, but not behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. Just getting to experience how big of a fandom there is uh, for Star Trek. And I mean, that's something everyone knows. But really interesting to see how people approach um, the actors.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It was my my first time going to a Star Trek convention as well. And I'm a, I'm a big... <sighs> I don't I, I never know exactly how to preface this when I say I'm a big Star Trek fan because I am a big Star Trek fan but with any sort of fandom it's a gigantic world and uh you know I don't want to create the illusion or or uh put out there that you know I'm this claiming to know all sorts of things about Star Trek because I don't I'm not i am not ai am not that big of a Star Trek nerd no. I I I'm definitely baby fans. yes, baby fans. <laughs> I'm I'm a huge fan of Star Trek: Next Generation. I've seen the entire series multiple times, and that's the one I'm most knowledgeable about. Um, so there, there we go. That's what I'll say about my Star Trek fandom. But it was wonderful getting the opportunity to hang out with Garrett there at the table. Garrett, of course, is from Star Trek Voyager, and uh, we got the opportunity to meet uh, a lot of his colleagues from Star Trek Voyager, and that was fantastic. And yeah, you're right. Just seeing and, the, the uh, fandom and all the people coming up to his table and and just experiencing that whole whole just it's such a weird thing. Fandom. It, it's yeah, just interesting to see people's passions and how they get wrapped up in and wrapped up in it and how they deal with it differently. I mean, some people would come up. They're all hey, what's up? Yeah, autograph. And other people, they would walk by and you would see their jaws just drop to the floor and they're holy shit, this is like the greatest moment in my life. That's that guy from TV. I love that guy. And they'd go up and they couldn't say a word because they were freaking out so much.
1: Right. Yeah, it, it is cool to witness sort of every aspect of that. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's a really interesting thing to see. And not all celebrities are like this. A lot of them uh, are more hesitant, but Garrett Thrives talking to fans, and he's so genuine and nice, and he asks questions about them and The weird part is, and this blows my mind, I have no idea how he does it. It takes me like five times meeting someone before I really remember their name or their face. uh he remembers people even even if he's met them once, he knows, oh, you were that person from you know. Uh, Czechoslovakia or something you know he just he remembers things and details about people and he's so courteous and he loves his fans
0: he really um, does and he, his fans recognize that and even people who aren't necessarily you know fans of his they're they're fans of Star Trek but going to a convention like this and going around to all the different tables meeting the actors getting autographs taking pictures um they do come back and uh you know they're they're appreciative of that and they do make it a point to point out to him you know of all the people here um you're probably the one who is most genuine to fans you take the time to interact with fans um you're our favorite here Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's really cool to see that um i gotta say it it was fun seeing some of the other people around some of the people that i know as bit actors from next generation uh, but it was really cool hanging out with Garrett, um, especially because of that fact that he is one of the more more down-to-earth uh, people there, and he is blessed with, I think, a, pretty much a photographic memory where he, he really does remember people's names um, and uh, the details about where he last mm-hmm. saw them, and people appreciate that. He's, he's pretty awesome.
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, and we got to meet, yeah, a lot of his friends, even from various other seasons. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. Star Trek Enterprise, <laughs> to hang out and gamble with some of those guys, and uh, good thing about having a conference in Vegas. But uh, you and I might actually make our way out to uh, New York Comic Con if everything lines up correctly. Well,
1: I mean, my ticket's purchased, so I don't think it's getting refunded. Uh, <laughs> well, AKA- things
0: can always come up and you, you cancel or get screwed out of your money. But uh, the plan is to to make it there. And uh, yeah, Garrett Wong might actually make it out as well. Aaron Sager should be Thanks. there. Um, yes, we should have some friends there. Should be a good time. I've never, never been to that event either. Um, but New York is always a blast regardless.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for it, and that's um, New York Comic Con is running October ninth through the twelfth. So uh, anybody that's out there in the area, come hang out with Jason and I, or say hi. Yeah, uh, and
0: do let us know if you plan to be there. Um, and we're not we're not above uh, trying to arrange a uh, meet and drink uh, because that's our <laughs> favorite thing to do. So uh yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to talk more about that as it gets closer. Um, because I'm super excited about that. I hope I can make it happen. Um and regardless of New York Comic Con, uh we'll try to make some some Rogue Planet stuff happen there as well. Um, because there's always lots going on in New York. And our buddy Lee Spiegel from the Huffington Post um really wants to see us, so we'll see if we can hook up with him and uh try to get I an did- interview there.
1: Yeah, I did get an email from him today, uh, asking if I had had the nickel and dime tour of the Huffington Post. So
0: I told him that that, uh, that if if we we get there together, he's got to give you that tour because that's a pretty sweet tour.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah, I heard the soda (laughs) machines.
0: Too bad I don't drink soda. The soda machines. Yeah, I don't really either. But I saw those machines. I had to try something. You know, you can choose any any. (laughs) any flavor you want or any, any, any soda you want, and then add any flavor you want to it. It's pretty crazy. Those folks over at the Huff HuffPost.
1: Uh, the easy life.
0: That's right. Well, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get into some trouble in New York because it's, it's easy to do, but, uh, let's talk about, uh, I, I guess we have to talk about your boyfriend, Maureen. Uh, yes, and, we do news about, uh, Harrison Ford recently.
1: Well, and, and I got to say, this is, is very good news on the one hand because the Star Wars episode is resumed filming because my boyfriend is uh, back on his feet after his injury, um, allegedly getting his foot slammed into the door of the Millennium Falcon.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, and, and he is seventy two 72, I believe, years old. Right? Correct? 72?
0: I believe he is 72, yep.
1: Yeah, so the the fact that he healed as quickly as he did and is back at it is so remarkable to me and another reason why I love him so dearly.
0: That's right. I mean, he, he is a tough dude uh, for anybody doubting that. And uh, his, his doctors were apparently doubting that because... They said he would need uh, like six months to recover from this injury, Mm -hmm. but uh, he showed them. He's he's actually in uh, the Expendables 3 right now, and that should tell you how tough he is, because Sly only gets uh, the tough guys for Expendables. (laughs) Nobody doubted Harrison. Yeah. He was a tough, tough dude. So I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, episode seven no. is still on track to uh, to be released December 18th, 2015. So I am excited.
1: Yeah, I am too. Um, I think that this is going to, I hope, make up for episodes one through three. <laughs> I think that... It better. I, I, I it don't better, right? Yeah, I,
0: I think it has to. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't think it's going to take much. No, um, I actually no. watched um, Last Crusade this weekend with friends, and because um, and, he had just gotten on Blu-ray, and we were trying to do something mellow, and I was amazed how crazy. I guess because for me, usually when I watch any of the Indiana Jones series, it's I have it on DVD, but I grew up with it on VHS, obviously, and on Blu-ray, it's like holy shit you can see so many more like lines on both Sean Connery and Harrison Ford's faces. And we all know <laughs> Sean Connery is actually not that much older than right. Harrison Ford. Right. Uh, but it was kind of weird. It was like, he, he, he doesn't have the same face that um, I'm used to.
0: Yeah, I still have to, I still have to dig her out dig out my uh my LaserDisc and, laser disc and uh, lend that to you so you can I watch.
1: know, I'm dying to see it on laser disc. I have a laser disc player in my closet because after my friend bought this uh we watched Finding Mr. Goodbar on it. Nice. That was the only laser disc we had at the time. Um they were going to get rid of it and I was like, "Don't get rid of the laser disc player." And I left the house and my roommate and our buddy who had brought it over were cleaning the house and I came back. I think I had been on a trip and I came back and found it wedged in my closet. So (laughs) yeah, I need that laser disc.
0: Well, all of my stuff, uh, like a lot of your stuff, but a lot of my stuff is crammed in a storage locker right now. So I I don't think I'll be getting to it anytime Uh, soon, but one of these days, Maureen, one of these days. Very hopeful. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Uh, what what other movie news has been happening? I know there's been a bunch. Well, we've got uh, the first pictures of Paul Rudd and Ant Man released. Um, yeah, which I find it kind of funny because everyone talks about how short Paul Rudd is. He's not actually that short. He's like five eight or five seven or five, eight. I don't know. I'm five seven.
0: That that's He's, viewed as as short in the man well, world. But, in the man uh, world, yes. but yes, a lot of a lot of big actors are considered short and it's funny because a lot of people don't realize that but even action stars quite short I mean
1: so I feel like it's a little bit typecasting yeah I mean granted he can get big too but um the fact that he's playing a role where the superhero can also shrink
0: (laughs) he's already shrunk
1: yeah I just feel like it's a little bit of typecasting I agree (laughs) yeah Um,
0: well uh Marvel's looking at Joaquin Phoenix for Doctor Strange and uh you know a lot of people oh. think that's uh that's good casting I, because uh Joaquin Phoenix is quite strange.
1: He is. Uh I had an ex-boyfriend that went as him in that what was the name of the documentary he did uh where he was all crazy and big beard and <laughs> Remember that? I don't
0: I I do remember that. I don't remember what it was called and I never saw it.
1: Well, the but that, that was he when he, the, like,
0: actually officially became weird.
1: I know. And the sad part is he, my ex was able to create it so spot on. That's that, really
0: creepy. That I,
1: I, It really spoke to my, what the hell am I thinking? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Wake up call.
1: No. Well, <laughs> we had
0: already been broken up at this point. So. All right. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> well, the, uh. Big news in the geek world, I guess, is Sci Fi canceled the Will Wheaton project. Um, that is true. Yeah, and you know, Sci Fi was behind this pretty strongly. Um but the higher ups in New York decided that the viewership just wasn't there, so they can't uh they can't justify extending another order beyond their uh 12 episode order they did, uh, for the summer. So will got the call, um, last week that said, sorry, but Mm -hmm. we're done. And that's too bad. And you know, um, I I did
1: hear a lot of, and I, I like Will Wheaton. I think he, he's great. Um, he is one of those celebrities that doesn't want to touch anyone's hands, but, um, But a lot of people I heard weren't really into this show. I mean, they did not think it. uh, that's great. And so here is the thing is, Will Wheaton went to Twitter yesterday. And I just pulled it up right now because I remember seeing this Is he wrote one tweet that says, benefit of not working for sci-fi, I can post articles about how evil Comcast is without getting a lecture from execs. And then he wrote the corporate bullshit about don't criticize Comcast or advocate for net neutrality was exhausting and annoying. Fuck Comcast forever. Excuse my French.
0: That's pretty Are funny. Still there? Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. know how that, that stuff goes. Um, when you're under yeah. contract and not being able to say certain things, especially when you're dealing with the big dogs there who have lots and lots of connections. So I can understand that. Um, But yeah, I, I, I echo what you said. Um, I heard a lot of people who did not like this show and, and mainly because they didn't get it. And I believe on this podcast I mentioned uh right from the get go when we talked about this show that after seeing the first episode, um I thought it was I don't know, it was it was kind of a, a strange show. It was it was very insider, very much um I mean that was the intent to have it be geek centric, but I thought it was a little too geek centric in that um, for anybody just like flipping through the channels and coming on the show, if they didn't know, if they weren't diehard fans of absolutely everything that was being discussed on that show, you were completely lost. And you know, after five minutes, you change the channel. I heard a lot of people saying that they couldn't make it through ten minutes of that show without changing the channel. And I know uh, Will even said that he grew a lot during the process of the show um, learning about television writing and working with the writers um, on his team. So you know, I, I think they were kind of getting there toward the end of the uh, end of their one season run. but uh, yeah, I guess they won't be continuing with that. But, uh, you know, he's got a lot of good things going on with Geek and Sundry. Uh, They had a successful crowdfunding campaign um, for a Tabletop. And Mm -hmm. I guess now he'll have uh, time to actually do that.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that it's it's he's got so many other good things going on that it's not a huge loss. Uh, It's a little bit of a bummer. I think there are other shows that are working for the geek community. Um, Chris Hardwick uh, Hardwick's At Midnight. Right. He's killing it. And, yeah, and that's uh, the
0: thing. I mean, that's Comedy Central and I I think that's more of what they like and and they found success with sci-fi, you know. They've they've said they're they're on a mission to go back to their roots of science fiction. So, uh doing a talk show isn't really um on their radar. They were I think just testing the waters with this and it wasn't exactly yeah. what they were looking for and not fitting with their vision. So,
1: you know that uh, we both know very thoroughly how frustrating dealing with uh, television executives can be. So absolutely, um, you know they don't always. You know, sometimes they go wrong too. You know, you never know. That's but, right, um, and
0: and ideas don't always stay the same. I mean, man, right. they change so fast when you're dealing with with networks and executives, and you know, one week they can say, "Oh yeah, we're all for this," and the next week um, those people are gone. <laughs> you yep. have different people totally they, different ideas so
1: yeah so you know how it is uh but i wish the best for him i love tabletop because i like board games like a huge nerd and there and, are some uh, good
0: board games coming out i'm excited we'll talk more about board games later and we need to play some yeah board games,
1: but for sure uh we'll do a a gaming episode yes because i just uh played some ps4 games for the first time this weekend that uh were pretty effing amazing i'm late to the party on those but how exciting uh, yeah yeah um one was basically a movie (laughs) (laughs) well speaking
0: of of games that are almost movies i mean yeah i mean we're going to play the the x-files board game and uh yeah i mean there there are some good ones. hell yeah. yeah
1: i'm into that um one other thing is i'm so excited we haven't talked about Well, uh, we've talked about this on the show before that I was born in 1984, which when I was a month and two days old, Ghostbusters was first released, which means it is celebrating its 30th year and its Blu-ray release. So anyways, this week, it started on Thursday and uh, it's going till this Thursday. They are showing for one week only Ghostbusters in theaters, select theaters, cross country. I bought my tickets last week for Wednesday's showing, and I will be going to see that tomorrow after work. And I'm very excited. I am going to get slimed. I shouldn't say that.
0: <laughs> that is so awesome. I am so glad that you did awesome. that yeah. and you're doing that. Um, I'm, I'm pretty jealous. I don't know if it's showing here. It probably is. I'm slimed. Slimed. <laughs> it'll happen. It'll happen. Watch out. But uh yeah, you'll have to let me know how that is. I'm I'm completely jealous.
1: Yeah. Uh well, I think it'll be as amazing as it was when I saw Raiders in the theater. Wow. But we'll see. I will keep you posted. And, uh, I feel like there's a lot of other stuff going on soon that we'll have to talk again next week.
0: I think so. And, uh, hopefully we'll be able to get, uh, get Caleb and, uh, maybe Ryan on the show as well. Cause we've got a lot of catching up to do. And, you know, I, that it reminds me, there is a theater here in Boise that that's specifically what they do is, uh, they always show some old movie in the theater. And, uh, you know, I've seen the the ads for it, and they're pretty awesome movies. You know, some old Mel Brooks stuff, and and just mm-hmm. different uh, kind of classic movies that I love. So I'll be catching some of that stuff in the theaters too. But I'm I'm bummed I'm missing missing Ghostbusters. But is you it enjoy not my friend.
1: Theater? Hold on, is it not in any theater by you?
0: It it might be. I know it's only in like a handful, like. 200, I think, theaters across the country.
1: 700.
0: Is it 700? Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, and I'm not sure if it's at one here, but uh, if it is, it would be difficult for me to get to. Um, that is true with
1: the Because
0: puppies. I have to, yeah, always be watching the dogs. And if my wife were here, she, she actually gave me permission to go <laughs> if I wanted to, but I haven't heard Got anything about it of being Jess. here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you enjoy it for me and then let me know how it was.
1: I will, and I will let everyone know. Uh, Excellent. All right. Well, we will try
0: to come back next week with another episode. We'll have more people with us. We'll get into some more trouble. But thank you so much for joining us this week. I am Jason McClellan. I've been here with my friend Maureen Ellsbury, and we will talk to you again next week. Adios.
1: Mucha cha. Chacha.